0: Well, welcome. This is John Murtha coming to you from 89.1 FM radio from Lorain, Ohio, and very happy that you tuned in this morning. I think we have a really interesting show, and several interesting shows coming up in the near future with special guests and interviews. So we're here once again, getting this radio show ready. David, my friend, David Aboud. Good to have you, David. Hey, John.
1: Great to be here. Wonderful day. And uh, it is a beautiful
0: day coming here. And. Um, you know, I, I just appreciate the guests we've been able to have on yeah. in the past month or two and ones we have scheduled uh, down the road. But today, we're on a topic that uh, really kind of caught my interest because of a best-selling book that was out 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, The title of this book was All I Really Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten by Robert Fulghum. And so uh, it's kind of an interesting book. It was a bestseller. It wasn't a Christian book, but it had a lot of interesting principles. All I Really Needed to Know... I learned in kindergarten. I thought, hey, that's a pretty catchy title. Well, so I was studying the scriptures, uh, particularly the Gospel of John, I thought similar thing that all I really needed to know about my Christian faith, at least the foundation, I learned in the Gospel of John's first chapter. And so just like in this book, what he learned in kindergarten helped him later in life. He says things like, uh, put things back where you found them, yeah. play fair, don't take things that aren't yours, clean up your own mess, say you're sorry when you hurt somebody share. So he expand these things later on in life and how these read life lessons he learned at a young age. So too, in the study of the scriptures, particularly the Gospel of John and particularly chapter one, I think it's loaded with doctrine, insights uh, about our faith, about the person of Jesus, about fulfilled prophecy, all of these things Contain really in this first chapter of the Gospel of John. It's only about fifty-one verses, uh-huh. but I thought we'd look at this today, David, and and kind of pull out uh, these things. And I would hope that our listeners, uh, this would help them, uh, almost having like a little toolbox or a little way to remember really important truths of the Christian faith. And it starts out in
1: verse one. Uh, verse one, Gospel of John. Yeah. You have it. It, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Okay, so yeah. here
0: we see—it sounds a lot like Genesis one, doesn't sure does. it? In yeah. the beginning, God right. created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless. And God said, "Let there be light." So here we see a lot. Number one, it says, in the beginning was the Word. Okay, we're going to see this Word mm-hmm. is one of the titles of Jesus. It's the yeah. Logos in the Greek. Right. He is the Word of God. And that is, he's the revelation of God. We're going to see as we go along. But notice he's with God in eternity. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Notice God is singular, but there are indications here that there's at least these two persons. God. And the Word, which we're going to see is the Son of God, which is Jesus. This opens up to the whole discussion later on of the Trinity. We believe in one God, but three eternal distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just like when you study Genesis, God will say, singular, let us make man in our image. And Mm -hmm. thusly God created them. So you got one one it, God, three who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right here in the first, and this is really, the, then it re- repeats that, in the beginning, he was in the beginning with God. This is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. Sure is. is the deity of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's verse 1, chapter 1. This is not negotiable. This is this is a statement made by God, you know, right from the very beginning. And this is the major attack point of critics of Christianity that attack it. Will attack the person of Jesus Christ. They might say he's a prophet. They might say he's an angel. They might say he's a legend. Uh, He's a guru. He's whatever, prophet. It doesn't make it. Great teacher. The Bible says he's God. Jesus says he's God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that always confused me, John. Uh, So Jesus Christ is the word, right? Mm -hmm. So, and it's referenced, I think, four times uh, in the context. So describe the eternality of the word it describes the distinction of the word from God it describes the identity of the word as God and it identifies the person described by the phrase the word right so um yeah that was hard for me to understand that and to realize it was Christ at first exactly yeah right. to tell yeah. you and I went over it in Genesis yeah. yeah so
0: so if you study it really God creates the universe yeah by speaking the word you Know it's the creative force, God spoke, and it was. You right. know, let there be life, let there be planets, the sun, the moon, etc. Then God reveals Himself through the written Word of God, which we call the Scriptures, all Scriptures given by inspiration of God. And then finally, His ultimate revelation to man is the living Word. Yeah, matter of fact, Jesus will say later in the Gospel of John, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Do you yeah. see this mm-hmm. idea of levels of revelation, right? right. And so. Yeah.
1: Uh, <clears throat> just levels by, of authority, too, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: And now anyone listening, maybe you're having a problem listening to 81.1 FM radio, you can live stream us. Just go to www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. You can just live stream us on your computer. So here we see right from the beginning. Now, we could expand on this. Well, why is Jesus God? But, well, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus declares himself to be the Lord of the Sabbath. Yeah. Well, Everybody yeah. knew in the Old Testament, God instituted the Sabbath. Here, Jesus is taking that credit. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus will say, before Abraham was, I am. Yeah. He doesn't say, that's I one. was. <laughs> he says, I right. am. Yeah. And that I am means <clears throat> God. That, right. that, that's what God declared at the burning bush to Moses. Mm-hmm. I am that I am. And so when you, when you study this, about the deity of Jesus Christ, some people have challenged me and say, well, where does it say Jesus is God? Well, you can see it all over the place. Yeah. When Jesus forgives sins, uh, when he says to the crippled coming through the roof of that mm-hmm. house, um, your sins are forgiven. Oh, yeah. Well, that only God can forgive sins. Yeah. You see, Or when Jesus will say, he freely receives worship. People are bowing down to him. He freely receives worship. And so on and on and on, you see the deity of Jesus Christ. He is God come in the flesh we're going yeah. to see that in a moment so right. this is the first thing we're learning <clears throat> in John chapter one we might come back to this but the idea of the deity of Jesus Christ but also that in the what we call the Godhead or in God there's distinction there's mm-hmm. relationship God the Father God the Son and that's hinted at right from the very beginning and then he repeats it in verse 2 he was in the beginning with God okay then
1: you go to verse three through 5 right oh, <clears throat> sure. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay,
0: so now we see some attributes of the word of Jesus Christ. Right. And just like, think about way back in Genesis, in the beginning God did what? created the heavens and the earth right here we see this Mm -hmm. creation going on and God creates light then he gives life to the planet you know so you see all these elements are here right in the first couple Mm -hmm. verses but the idea that all things were made through him without him nothing was made that was made so when you look at Colossians it talks about this idea that Jesus I mean Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 through 17, it says this, Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created. In other words, he's not a created being. All things were created by him that are in heaven, that are on the earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. So here we see Jesus created heaven, earth, solar system, stars, but he also created angels, invisible things, dominions, principalities, powers. So he is the creator and then it says he's the sustainer. Yeah, you no, know, we,
1: and then to have him create heaven, you would think God the Father was the one that did that, mm-hmm. right? You know, so so that was really uh, interesting for, for me to understand, too. That took me a while to even see that. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was God the Father. Right. That the, the,
0: Jesus is the agent. right? God the Father, you, uh, how do I say it? He, he, he uses Jesus, so he's the one that's assigned to uh, the creation, just like he's assigned to redemption. Right. The, for <clears throat> God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. So mm-hmm. he sends them into the world And then Jesus will fulfill that through his death, burial, resurrection. He goes back to heaven. And Jesus says, it's expedient for me to go back to heaven that I might send the Holy Spirit. Then he will testify of me. And
1: then this is interesting, John. All things have been created through him and for him. Exactly right. So heaven was created for him too,
0: right? Heaven here is, right. Heaven here too. Don't forget that. One of the things of the heavens is yeah. the starry system. Okay. Is, you know, this idea. Yeah, of so defining moon, that, yeah, right. Sun, the moon, the stars. But, yeah, in a sense, where before creation, yeah. God existed in relationship. He, The Bible says God is love. Well, how can you be love if you don't have an object of love? So you always yeah. had the Father, love of the Son, the right. Holy Spirit working. Right. And where they dwelt, um, yeah, we could call that heaven, but what's implied here, even the experience, the expansion of where celestial heaven, he created in order. You see it like yeah. in the book of Revelation okay. and stuff. Yeah. And you see the what it looks like right. structurally. yeah. Chariot of him and all this. Well, he created all that. It's profound. We get a little insight on heaven. Right. Not a lot. Right. I now, guess we just get enough. <laughs> I guess enough to, to <laughs> what our appetite yeah, right? <laughs> for <laughs> why we want to be there. <laughs> but notice it says in verse 4, I'm going back to John now. Oh, you're in John. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Notice again, he is the giver of life. Jesus calls himself the resurrection and the life. Yeah. He's the one that gives life. That's why. That is so important. When he comes, yeah, he raises people from the dead. You know, because he he has life in himself. He even says of his own body, um, "I I have the authority to lay my life down and to take it up again." He he says. Destroy this temple, I'll ra- I will raise it up in three days, speaking of his own body. So the
1: idea, he is he is full of life, he's full of light. Yeah. So I, I wrote down here, While I, I, don't the other Gospels emphasize more the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, where John instead emphasizes new life found in Christ? So you look at John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through yeah, me. Yeah, right.
0: Thirty-six times in the Gospel wow. of John, yeah. you see this word "life." Mm-hmm. Thirty-six times. There's a big emphasis on that because Jesus gives life, but He gives new life. You yeah, know, that that that's yeah. a very. This is the the biggest fear, the biggest mystery in life. Quite honestly, is death. Yeah, I'm just being straight up. Right. And and all other religions give you a certain moral code to live by while you're on this planet. Yeah. But only Jesus does that. But he also goes into death and comes out of death. No kidding. And so so yeah. to speak, uh-huh. he goes through death's door and then kicks the hinges off of right. it. Right. So now we have entrance into that new life. You see? Yeah. He's full of life. He's, he's the life giver. It's very profound when you think he answers life's biggest mystery, biggest fear. Which sure am I knows. right? It's, yeah. it's death. Right. Here, here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to read just for a second. Verse mm-hmm. 14. Mm-hmm. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he, Jesus himself, likewise shared the same, that is to say he took on a human body, that through death, that's his crucifixion, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who through fear of death all their life were subject to bondage. Yeah. In other words, people fear death, right? I mean, it's just natural. You're here, you're alive, but you know one day you got to die. But if you know you die, but you're passing through a door into eternal life, it doesn't have that same fear element in it.
1: Not at, not at all. And I think that drives our bad behavior, too, yeah. when we are uh, focused on just earthly dominion and the fact that it's going to be over in, what, 70, 80 years by average, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if, if you live that long. So, yeah, I mean, it, it it's a game changer if you understand that. Yeah, right. It really is. It, it totally helps drive your your activities too on earth if you realize that this is what we have uh, as followers of Christ, eternal life. And then he goes on in verse 5, John yeah. chapter 1. Yeah, uh, wow. the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now notice, yeah.
0: Jesus is declared to be the light of the world. He'll right. even say that himself, I'm the light of the world. Now that's a—that's an attribute of God alone. It says in the uh,
1: yeah, Old Testament. Yeah, that's that, John that, eight twelve. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There you go. Yeah.
0: See, he is the light. Again, go back to creation when God creates light. Remember back right. in Genesis? Right, But now he is light personified. But look, before we come to know Jesus, we were walking in darkness. You yeah. Know? I mean, we I was. Yeah, I mean, we were dead. It yeah. says in Second Corinthians chapter verse 4, mm-hmm. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them whom the God of this age, that is the devil, mm-hmm. has blinded. Mm-hmm. We were blinded. Mm-hmm. We might have gone to church. We might have been trying to be good. But we, we didn't encounter the light. Yeah. And Jesus is that light. And once the lights come on, once you see the light, you cannot not see the light, if you know what I'm saying. Right. And right here, yeah. early on, he is declared to be the light. This is what the world needs today. The world sure lives in darkness. And we Jesus is the light of the world. It's... This light will never be diminished. You know, I mean, no. they, can, they can burn Bibles. They can persecute Christians. They they killed most of the apostles. They were martyred. But it didn't stop the light. No. The light is just, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a person. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't say, I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to give you life. He says, I am. I am. the embod-. So, too, he also embodies light. Yeah. We need light. Right. And more light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, so you see, all of these uh qualities are coming in so to speak and then before he comes that's when we see john uh coming and so right away we see a couple of the things that we learn here thus far right the deity of jesus christ he's with god in the beginning there's a relationship with god the father and jesus they're different but they both are singular god Uh, he is life he has life he is a creator he created everything And he has light and life in himself. And he comes into the world, but the world lieth in darkness and they don't get it. But they cannot overcome him. That's important. They can't snuff the light out. That leads us now to the next thing we learn about our Christian faith, just in this one chapter. And if you read 6
1: through 7 of John chapter 1. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. So that through him all might believe. Okay, now yeah. notice
0: there was a man sent from God mm-hmm. whose name was John. This yeah. tells us that he's coming into the world. And if you go back to Isaiah forty, it tells this is six hundred years before John comes. But there's a very important prophecy here. And I'm just showing all these elements are in the first chapter of the Gospel. Yeah, of John. I have it. Isaiah okay.
1: forty. If you uh, chapter forty starting with um, verse 3 through 5. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken.
0: So it's saying before God comes, he, he's going to send somebody to prepare the way before right. him, right? Yeah. And, and this is going to be a big announcement. Don't forget there's 400 years of silence when yeah. the Old Testament closes <laughs> and the New Testament opens. Right. And then it says this in verse 9 of Isaiah. Just read
1: that too, you, David. You, you, uh, you who bring good news to Zion go up to a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the town of Judah, here is your God. Notice, here is your God.
0: He's coming. Doesn't say here comes a prophet. This is the Messiah. It's coming, man. It's clear. This
1: is 600 years before the event. It's clear. Now look, this this is really cool. Look at verse 10 and 11. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his um, recompense accompanies him. He he tends his flocks like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Notice he's coming in gentleness. Yeah. He's coming as a shepherd. Right. And he's coming with a
0: strong hand. In other words, he can do stuff. Miracles. You know, Mm -hmm. he can raise the dead, he can feed 5,000. But all of this stuff is so spot on. How do you get around this, these predictions? You know, so that, and then just because we're headed back towards uh, this, let's stop at the last book of the Old Testament and let's look at Malachi chapter 3 for a moment. Malachi chapter 3, another prophecy. And you can read about this in in Malachi chapter 3, one
1: verse, just one. Yep. Chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Notice this. This is God speaking
0: right through the prophet. He says, Behold, anytime you see that word behold, it means pay attention. Mm-hmm. This is big, okay? I, God, send my messenger. Who's the messenger? John the Baptist, yeah. he's going to prepare the way before me. This is the last book of the Old Testament. So it's a promise they took with them in these all 400 years of time. So silence. Malachi was written when? Uh, 500 uh, years. 500 years possibly. ago. Yeah. Before Christ. Before Christ. <clears throat> and so here's he's going to prepare the way. Then it says, the Lord whom you seek, there were people seeking the Messiah. Not a lot, but they mm-hmm. were seeking, like Anna and Simeon in mm-hmm. the temple and others. He will suddenly come where? To his temple. Right. Well, why that's so important is when was the temple destroyed? In 70 AD. Yeah. So he has to come before 70 AD.
1: Hmm.
0: He can't come after that because there's no temple. Do you see this? Yeah. So he's got to be, somebody's coming to prepare the way before him. The one you've been looking for, the Messiah, is coming. He's going to come suddenly to his temple. Mm -hmm. Jesus comes to the temple on several places in the Gospels. And then it says he's the messenger of the covenant jesus is going to establish the new covenant but all of this happens must happen before 70 a.d do you want to see how tight that
1: is how tight can it how (laughs) how can you not how can it not be clear um boy boy so i'm just touching on some elements here as we go back um well jan you know it comes down i think you and i have said this before and it really resonated with me um when I ran into some situations with some unbelievers, you know, that that had a lot of questions about what they were reading. And you know, it really comes down to you you have to believe this is either the word or, of God or it's not. Exactly. And if it's the word of God that when Jesus goes through the seven I am statements to say, you know, uh I am the way the truth and the life, he who comes to me, you know, shall inherit, you know, eternal life. Yet, right. you, you know, all of that then speaks and it's easily understood if you Trust that it's the word of God. If you don't, then, then I can see you having all those questions. Yeah. yeah. This is either, it, you're. it's either the word of God or it's not. Here was my you situation, have to believe David. That. Yeah, and how did you get by that? Like when you had people asking you, well, you know, there's this and that, you know, it's not really adding up. There's, you know, issues with how this was set up. And Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah.
0: Here, here was my own situation. I run into this in my travels. Most people do not look at the evidence. They don't want to look at this stuff, okay? Yeah. It comes down to this. Did God visit this planet? Right. And if he did, did he tell us before he came what the visit would be like? Well, that's what we're reading in these prophecies. Exactly. How can you have these things with great specificity, great Mm -hmm. detail? He's Mm going to come. I'm going to send somebody before I come. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come to my temple. I'm going to establish a covenant. That gives you a lot of clues yes. right there. It's kind yeah. of blatant once you start putting them all together. But I find out most people, are, maybe they're too busy. They just want to look at the evidence. Because if you look at it, you're going to have to deal with this stuff. Did God come down here? That's 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 what's on the table. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, God. Yeah. And he visited this planet. So we'll shift gear. Yeah. And you'll see this where it says in verse 14. Of Malachi? Uh, no, we're back to John now. Okay, back to John. And the Word became flesh, there it is, the Incarnation, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here we see the Incarnation. Verse 1, we saw him in eternity. In the beginning was the Word of Now this is the Incarnation. This is the Christmas story. And it's clear that the Word is Christ. Exactly right. Uh,
1: you know, that, that, that clarifies it right there, what we're talking about. So here he comes, yeah.
0: and John uh, will say uh jumping back here to verse 9 of John That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Verse 10. The world still doesn't know him today. No. There's many that their eyes are blinded, they're not interested, they're not looking. But he, he came into the world. He changed the whole... We date our calendars by his birthday. No kidding. You know, he, yeah. he should, we should look at this man's life. Mm-hmm. And then this is very important. Verse 11. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. What does that mean? He came to his own.
1: Well, his, his, uh, well he was a, a Jew. Israel. Right, a Jewish Israel. Right. He
0: came first mm-hmm. to them. That's why it will say... Uh, Oh, he says at one time, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I wanted to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you did not want me. And then he will say, your house is left to you desolate. In other words, he's, he's saying, I came to you as your king. You didn't receive me as king. As a matter of fact, you killed me. You crucified me. He came to his own. His own. Do you see how that fills in so much of the blanks?
1: So, um, you know, that's interesting. It still is really hard to explain to to people from my perspective of how his own own group did not accept him. And and they knew the Bible intimately, Mm. especially the Old Testament. The stuff we just read, they knew. Clearly, they knew that. So then it begs the question, why didn't they accept him? Were they just looking for more of a, a strong leader that was going to bear arms and fight for them versus this really passive, low-key healer that yeah, extended I mean, love? Was that really the blinding point for them? I think there was a lot
0: of reasons.
1: I mean, yeah. one is that they
0: might have been looking for a conquering Messiah that right. would get rid of the Romans and uh-huh. right. establish the kingdom. Right. What they didn't understand that when Jesus came, he was established a covenant, a new covenant. You see it in Isaiah. Uh, Jeremiah 31, yeah. 31, that he was going to put the the spirit of God into their hearts. He was going to open a way for the mm-hmm. Gentiles. All of this kind of thing they didn't look at. Like, let's consider Paul when he was Saul. He was gifted. Rabbi oh, yeah. taught. Right. Uh, understood the Old Testament. Yeah. But until the lights went on, Right. he couldn't get it. You know, He actually, he attacked the church. He was against the church. He
1: was a killer of Christians. And, yeah. and yeah.
0: what happens is once you turn to Christ... Once what I call the lights go on, then things start making sense about who 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 the person of Jesus Christ is, and that's why it will say in Second Corinthians chapter three uh, regarding this matter. Second um, uh, Corinthians goes to your question, David. Why I didn't they it, get yeah, it? Why didn't right. they? answer? There. Yeah. And look at verse Second uh, Corinthians chapter
1: three, verse thirteen and fourteen. Okay. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. See that?
0: Yeah. They don't understand the Old Testament. Because there's like a veil over their mind and their heart. Once they come to Christ, like Paul did, Mm -hmm. the veil's removed and the lights go out. You go, oh, now I get, like these prophecies, we just, now it clicks. Look at verse um, uh, 15 um, through 16, 15 and 16. Same Same, uh, same chapter. Uh
1: Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. There you go. Do you see that? Yeah. It's
0: over their minds. It's over their hearts. They can be very religious and everything else. But when they turn to the light, when they turn to Christ, they get it. That's why once Paul came to Christ, remember he was knocked on the road yeah. and he was blind for three days, then he starts preaching Christ because he sees how the Old
1: Testament fits. Yeah, you know, it's almost like when I first got into it, um, until my eyes were open, it looked like a foreign language mm. that I never studied in high school or college. And, and once you take the Lord as your uh, Savior it opens up exactly like things right. are so much easier now when i read it like even you know connecting the dots it's so much easier it's it's almost like it's designed that way it's kind of like you know um you know when you have those when you're going into a 3d movie exactly. it's kind of the same thing i was thinking the same you, you know thing. it doesn't come across in detail then you put the goggles on and you're like holy smokes that, that so, i was going to yeah, say that that's yeah. interesting there because yeah
0: when I was a kid, we used to get 3D comics. Yeah. Comic, they oh. sell them a little bit now. Oh, yeah. But when you get the comic book, they would <coughs> they would have the glasses inside. They were cardboard. Right. One <laughs> red, one blue. <laughs> if you don't wear the glasses, everything's distorted. Once you put the glasses on and open the page, it pops. Yeah. It's like, boom, it's yeah. high resolution TV. Same thing with reading the Old Testament. Without the Holy Spirit, without understanding who mm-hmm. Jesus is, it's like, I don't get it. Yeah. It just doesn't get it. Once you put them on, you got the Holy Spirit of God, it pops. Mm -hmm. (coughs) You understand what the message is about. That's what we're kind of doing with this chapter 1 of John. We're just hitting on the deity of Jesus Christ, prophecies that he's coming. He's the light. He's the life. He's going to send somebody before he comes, the incarnation. He doesn't just stay up in heaven. He actually comes down and puts on human flesh. He lives and moves amongst us. And then it says... um, It comes back to John, where it says, um, you could read back to John chapter 1 here. It tells more about John chapter verse 15 through 17.
1: Okay. 15 through 17. Uh Um, John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father has made him known. See that? Okay, wow. so I much mean, is contained Yeah, here. no kidding. Number one, there's yeah.
0: John. He's coming. Right. But he knows. He says, "He who comes after me is preferred before me, before right. he was before me." Now, in the natural, yeah. John was older than Jesus right. by six months. Right, you'll see that. In right, the, right. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. he he's be, but but even though physically, chronologically, John is born first, Jesus is from eternity. He is yeah. before John. That's the key. That you know, he is preferred before, for he was before me. Right. You see what John says here. Uh, and his fullness we have received grace the law came by moses but grace and truth came there's the old covenant jesus bringing a new covenant you see old covenant really was for israel it's the law they had about 613 laws dietary and all these other sacrificial system jesus comes there's a whole new way and it's open to the gentiles it's no longer just for israel for the jewish people he says no one has seen god at any time the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. And that's why Jesus will say, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. He says that in the gospel of John later on. He says, if you've seen me, you said. So Jesus reflects God perfectly. Compassion, love,
1: mercy, holiness, righteousness, you name it. So uh, so John was really one of the first ones uh, in the New Testament to Declare that Jesus is the oh, yeah. Son of God, yeah. you know, and 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 I think you know, you have referenced this before, but when you have a new believer, John, isn't this a great book for them to start with? Oh, you know, yeah. e- even if they're on their own just reading it, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to what it's telling you. But man, is this the good news that this is like the most positive aspect of the whole Bible? Exactly, the right. fact that Christ has come down, He's here. Uh, he's he's our path to eternal life. Our sins are forgiven. This is the book to start with. Yeah, exactly. Read it a dozen times, whatever you need to do when you start off. It's really it's it's powerful. So on your
0: point, David, just to segue, look at verse
1: twelve and thirteen of this chapter. Twelve and thirteen of Uh John one. Uh-huh. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in, in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. There it
0: is. That that verse 12 is so important. To as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become a child of God, to those that believe on his name. So it uses receive or believe to appropriate this free gift. That's why the Bible says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life there's the transition we don't work and earn it and strive for it we receive a free gift yeah now after that our lives should be we should act like children of god right you see. yeah but notice to as many as received them is yeah. it's for all people like you just said david at all time but notice it says who were not born of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor the will of man in other words i can't i can't do enough good works to put myself in good stead in, in an all holy God. I can't. The other thing is, the Jewish people back then will say, well, we have Abraham as our father. We're of the household. They thought by birth, they were made righteous. And that's just like if I said, well, my grandfather was a, was a Baptist preacher. Therefore, I'm a Christian today. Yeah. A lot of people think because they're born into a Christian family, they're a Christian. That's not right. There has to be a personal decision. You know, going to church doesn't make yeah. you a Christian. I could spend a year living in the garage that doesn't make me a car. You know, it, it's just, you have to, here's all about this relationship we have to have with God through Jesus Christ. It's so clear, this doctrine right in the first chapter.
1: You know, I, I, I really, I really like this point when Jesus says, you know, we're going to be born again and we'll have eternal life. I wrote this one down. Uh, when Jesus tells Nicodemus he must be born again, uh, Nicodemus said this, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. John 3, 4. I really like that. But, you know, we talked about that in previous shows where this is basically we are creating, we're created in a new race under Christ. It's a whole new existence. You leave your old man behind. You leave your old man behind. Don't look back in the rearview mirror because right. once you take the Lord, uh, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You are in a new race. Yeah, that is hard to believe, but it is the truth. Second Corinthians yeah. chapter five says, "If any man mm-hmm. be in
0: Christ, he is a new creation. Right, old things are passed yeah. away. Behold, all things are made new." So, to your point, David, you're a new person. I'm a new person. Not, right, not, not, we didn't deserve it, but that's why baptism. When you go under. It's a type or a picture of you yeah. dying. Mm-hmm. You're under the water. Yeah. It's murky. Then you come out into the air and the sunlight. That that kind of is a picture of your new life. You're now
1: coming into a new life. It's kind of like when you're raising your kids. If you speak words of life into them, you can't believe how they will perform. Right. And you know, and I didn't do that all the time at all before I became a Christian. I didn't because I was you know sinful and you know selfish and everything else. But that's the beauty of it. When, when you start to read the Word and you see the character traits of Christ, you start to model those because your expectations yeah. are higher on yourself because Christ is saying, I forgave you of your sins. Let's go. Let's get, let's get busy creating disciples and following me mm-hmm. now. I've forgiven all your other problems, mm-hmm. which makes it easier to do good. It's oh, like yeah. having a parent tell you you are doing good And, you know, they care about you, they love you, and you're on the right track. That makes anybody perform better and act better. It's just the nature of who we are. Plus, now
0: we have a Holy Spirit inside us that's strengthening us, uh, opening our minds. Right. We got the Word of God, the Bible before us, and we have fellowship.
1: So what happened after John baptized Christ? The skies opened up and God said, you know, here is my son who I am well pleased you know, that's the first time God is saying, "This is my son." Yeah, right. But again, he's he's giving Christ affirmation that he's a good son, obedient. Oh, right. I mean, and this confirmed. is before he does, you know, the forty days in the wilderness. But again, we have to model the uh, the father too, where we put words of life into people. Yeah,
0: right. Isn't right. that the
1: way to do it? You do that when you're a missionary and when you're well. Yeah, I, yeah, mean, yeah, I mean, you you tell.
0: I mean, there's good news. There's bad news. I mean, right. if Quite honestly, I, I would have been good if somebody told me I was a sinner and need a savior. You know, well, you got to start with that. Yeah. yeah, I get that. To but push but him you're over, right. But the good news yeah. is, whomsoever will, yeah. like it says here, yeah. he's given the right to anybody. Yeah. Jesus says, um, the Bible says clearly, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all might come. That also says, Jesus says, I did not come into the world to condemn the world. No, I came into the world to save the world. Yeah. People don't realize he's not. God is not coming to just judge and pour out wrath Mm -hmm. yeah if we turn our back on him we got to face the wrath of god but but every day is an opportunity to turn to god you know maybe somebody's listening right here to the program today and saying i don't know what that means but the whole thing with john is he like you said earlier david if you will read the gospel of john one chapter a day prayerfully if you're not a believer john moves you the reader Towards the end of the book, if you go to John chapter 20, John chapter 20, he tells you the purpose of writing this book. John chapter 20, Mm -hmm. verse 30 and 31.
1: Sure. Verse 30 and 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. See that? Wow. That's the reason for the book. And he's moving the reader
0: in that direction. And right before that is where Thomas says, I will not believe him unless I put my hand in the wounds in his hands and his side. And then Jesus appears to him. He says, put your hand in the side, feel my wounds. And then Thomas drops to the knees and says, my Lord and my God. That's where John wants to He's taken us on a journey, if I can say that. But if somebody's really sincerely seeking God and they'll pray, read one chapter, like we're doing today. We're just looking at the one chapter. And my prayer is that then God opens your eyes. Right. He doesn't want to keep a door closed and keep you in darkness. Okay, we'll look at a couple more. Our time is getting away from us. So now we go back to John, and that's where you'll see verse 19. John 1. Uh Uh-huh. And... um, 19 right. through um, 22.
1: Okay, now that this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was, he did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Finally, they said, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord.
0: See that? Yeah. He goes back to Isaiah chapter 40, which we read, and he says, That's who I am. See how he ties himself in? So he's locking. He's just saying, I'm a messenger. But, he, but the key is he's fulfilling prophecy yes, here. Yes, he is, right. He's not like Isaiah was a messenger mm-hmm. of God, Elijah was a messenger, but he is the messenger that's going to introduce him. That's why Jesus well, will say, yeah. of all the prophets, Old Testament, the greatest was John because he introduces them. Yeah, and,
1: and they ask, are you a prophet? He answered, no so isn't that no, interesting how they humble. ask are you that prophet oh you the prophet okay remember they it. were looking right.
0: for this prophet like moses yeah deuteronomy Messiah, 18. Right. Mm-hmm. did miracles the deliverer brings a covenant they were always looking and when jesus comes particularly after the feet of 5, 000, they say he's that prophet right he's that prophet john just said i'm this humble messenger Yeah. but i'm fulfilling prophecy <laughs> like it or not there's never been one after him because jesus has come and he's introduced Jesus. He's like the best man introducing the bridegroom. It kind kind of compares it to that. And Jesus says, of all the prophets, of all of all men born to women, John is the greatest. But nevertheless, in the kingdom of God, he is the least because he didn't have the born again experience. You know, he's on that side of the cross. But it's pretty powerful stuff. Unless somebody, a group of men came together and just fabricated this whole thing, like uh, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, this is true historical. Yeah. Stuff happened here and before our eyes, and then he'll go on. We'll start actually wrapping it up here. And then uh, he says, um, John, verse 26 says, John answered, I baptize with water, but one stands among you whom you do not know. It is he who's coming after. I he's preferred before me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. Now, in that time, to loosen a sandal or to wash the feet was like the lowest position for a servant. He says, I, I'm not even good enough to do that that's who's coming it's pure light pure love and it gives us very specifically these things were done in Bethabara beyond the jordan where john was back. it just doesn't say someplace or it's very specific this is a location you can go there today uh, when i take these trips to israel with special permission you can get there but it's kind of on the jordanian side of the river jordan but it's very specific and then john sees jesus coming uh and look what he says in verse
1: 29 the next day john saw jesus coming toward him and said look the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world there you go there you
0: go yeah there's the introduction now remember i said about the word behold be attentive take attention behold and he uses this term lamb of god who takes that is loaded remember there's oh, yeah, the, nine titles of right. Jesus used uh, yeah. that I counted here. Right. It's called the Word of God, mm-hmm. the Son of God, the Christ, Messiah, Rabbi, Son of Man, the One, the, um, the that prophet. But now he's called the Lamb of God. Right. Now, th- why that's so loaded on many reasons. When he says lamb, that's, that's sacrificial language. They knew what lamb meant. Lamb was not a beast of burden or something. It was sacrificial. And then he says the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What did the Old Testament sacrificial system do when they sacrificed lambs and bulls?
1: It just covered sin. Yeah, it was you had a, it was Every, continuous. Continuous. Yeah. And, and because, there, only, there only could be certain people, certain priests that could even go into the main. Exactly
0: right. right. But now here comes this one. Perfect but as he sacrifice. says, the Lamb of yeah. God who takes away the sins of Israel? No. The world. The world. Yeah. For God so loved the world. That's why we Gentiles have now got in on this. Yeah. Now I want to show you something interesting because we're going to close in one second. Where is the first time lamb used in the Bible? Let's turn to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. And this is the famous account
1: where God is going to test Mm -hmm. Abraham. Right. And if you look at verses 1 and 2. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Morai. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain, I will show you. Really? See?
0: Yeah. Okay, so now this is the famous account. He says, right. now remember, Abraham is a father figure. He's called Father Abraham, of actually Judaism, Islam, Christianity. He's the father of the faithful. He's a father figure. Take your son, your only son, whom you love. This is the first time the word love is used in the Bible. Okay? This was the long awaited son. This was the, the miracle. Remember, they were both beyond childbearing. This is the miracle son. Yeah. He typifies Jesus in many ways. Hmm. He says, Take your son, your only son, and offer him up. Okay? He split wood for offering, and then they go up, and then it says in verse six, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. He carries the wood. He's the obedient son. He's got the knife. He's got the fire. Look what he says in verse 7.
1: Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father? Yes, my son. Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb. For the no. burnt offering, my son, and the two of them went on together. You
0: see, Yeah. where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? There's no perfect sacrifice in the Old Testament. You were always looking for that perfect sacrifice. Right. He said, God will provide the lamb. What Thousands of years later, what does John the Baptist introduce Jesus as? The lamb of God. Behold the lamb of God. There you there go. There it is. There it is. Come on. You know, Jesus says, search the scriptures for they testify of me. That's a clear picture And once you see it, you cannot not see it. You know what I'm saying,
1: David? I mean, it's as clear as clear can be. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's crystal clear. (laughs) It's crystal clear. Okay. So there we have it. And there, what you said earlier in John, it says, and John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending up from heaven like a dove. I did not know him, but he who sent him said, upon whom the spirit descending and remains. And God testified, this is the son of God. Right. So what do we see here? The word of God. Yeah. The lamb of god the son of god and it ends up in this chapter it says verse 51 truly i say to you hereafter you shall see heaven open angels of god ascending and descending on what the son of man all of these titles of jesus are used in this one chapter
1: if he's just a prophet john our religion doesn't work does it It, work we're, we're we're kidding ourselves He is the son of God. It's the only way that we can differentiate, you know, what we're talking about here with other religions. He's the son of God. It's just like C.S. Lewis
0: says. He says, if he were a mere man, he can't make these claims. Right. You know, if he was a good man, he couldn't make these claims. You would not have Jeremiah or Elijah or Moses saying, you know, I am the Christ, I am the son of God, or um, I'm going to come back in clouds of glory to judge you now what's interesting here is when we we've got a couple more minutes to finish up on john chapter one but as jesus is walking along verse 35 five, two of his john's disciples saw him and he says he looks at jesus he says behold the lamb of god the two disciples heard him speak and follow jesus but this is the first recorded words of jesus in the gospel of john look what he says in verse 38. you're in one uh yes
1: okay oh Go ahead, John. Okay. I was in a different Then way.
0: Jesus turned and seeing them following said, what do you seek? Yep. I think that's a very important question for all people for all time. What are you seeking in this life? You know, what are you looking for? That's what Jesus is asking. What are you looking for? And, of course, we should be looking for truth. We should be looking for what's the purpose of life right? and and how do I orient my life accordingly. Which is what? Which is the person of Jesus Christ.
1: Right. But what did he tell us to do? He told us to create disciples. I mean, that's the purpose once we follow him. I mean, that's really, everybody asks, what's your purpose here? What's our purpose? Oh, yeah, right. To be
0: conformed to the image of Christ and to share him but but there's many people on the earth today they don't know what their purpose is now that somebody's well said man's problem is he doesn't know what he's doing on this planet right he
1: doesn't yeah and and then it it starts to really get scary for him when they when their time is clicking on and it's going so fast before they know it they're looking in the mirror and they can't believe they're mid you know middle-aged oh yeah and then from there it's a slippery slope we're all on this escalator of time and it's just it's just but when you have the word you could be 75 or 25, and it's a bright day all the way through. Yeah. I'm just telling you, you're going to have your hardships. D- don't, don't kid yourself, but your life is so much different. Oh, That's yeah. the only thing I can I, and I can tell you.
0: Yeah, and the idea being there's a certain urgency with this. I mean, right. when you consider 9-11, they said about the mm-hmm. average age of those people getting on elevators, going up those twin towers that day, was like 36 years old. You know, they were all in finance, they were in tech industry, they're taking their Starbucks coffee, their laptop computers. They did not think that was their last day. Mm -hmm. That was their last day. Right. Just yesterday, the Amtrak out going from Chicago to San Francisco, I think. They say it was like a strange accident, but three people were killed. They didn't think that was their last day. They just thought they were going to get on a train and get off a train in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. but it was their last day. Yeah. The key is. The Bible says, do not boast yourself of tomorrow. You don't know what a day is going to bring forth. We might live to be 100 years old. We might live not to be 100. But Jesus offers that assurance that today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not coming to judge and to pour out his wrath. It's like on the Titanic. There's enough boats. There's enough safety for all of us to get off and get to safety, you see. But if we don't. And just whittle away our time, our days. There's there's a coming judgment. Yeah
1: what what a what a waste of a life if you're just you know I was wasting my life mm. you know I was just looking okay how can we make money here what can we do here or what you know where do we want to go right. for a trip that is meaningless when you start to dive into this stuff. Oh wow it's it's this has so eternal much different yeah, ramifications so much different. your life changes overnight it's unbelievable instantly
0: plus like you said that yeah. once you come to christ right what happens after this mm-hmm. all of a sudden it, the later as we finish up this chapter andrew encounters jesus and then he go gets his brother he says come on we have met the messiah uh-huh. and then after that philip is going to go and he's going to introduce nathaniel to jesus like you say once you have it you want to share it you're not putting people under Mm -hmm. pressure you're not twisting their arm you're just saying hey check this out yeah this that's why to sum up when i i was referencing that book all i really needed to know uh yeah i learned in (laughs) kindergarten (laughs) yeah all i believe the foundation of the christian faith is in this first chapter of the gospel of john his deity hints of the trinity his incarnation prophetic fulfillment of john the baptist uh the way he came Establish a new covenant. Yeah. The law came by Moses. The rejection by Israel. The welcome that is out for whomsoever will. You know, who, as many as believed upon His name, the same should be called true. All of these things are contained in this first chapter of the Gospel. Yeah. I, so the
1: yeah you know, it it's so unique because the perspective of the life of Christ it varies from the other Gospels, John, right, Whoa. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, because John focuses more on the spiritual side, and, and Jesus is the son of God, where those other are more historical, right? Well, so they're all are going to God present him,
0: yeah. they present his deity from different angles. Right. If you think of a good stereo system, it's yeah. quadraphonic. Right. You can get by yeah. with two speakers, mm-hmm. maybe three, you know, one, I guess. But what this offers, the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they call it synoptic, mm-hmm. means similar vision. Right. They present Jesus. John's not like that. He starts in eternity. He yeah. doesn't start with his lineage that he was... You know, offspring of Mm -hmm. Judah and David and all that stars in eternity. In the beginning was the word was, and it presents him differently. It's almost, he doesn't give all the miracles. He gives five, seven miracles that he calls signs. Doesn't even call them, he calls them signs. Seven I am statements. He's very different, but they all complement each other. But I believe this is the one you want to read for a new believer. Heck yeah. Well, so having said that, (laughs) we appreciate everybody listening today. Yeah. This is 89.1 FM radio from Lorain, Ohio. God bless all of you and be thinking yes. about this. You know, yeah. A, if you are a believer, hopefully this strengthens your faith as you get back in the Gospel of John. If you're not a believer, you have questions, you're curious, I would start with the Gospel of John with this first chapter. Try, if you can, to read a chapter a day prayerfully and then get to a church Absolutely. where God's people right. join together and you hear the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So, David, God bless you and God bless everyone that tuned in today.
1: Yeah, have a great weekend, everybody. God bless.